Falcons owner Arthur Blank has weighed in. What does it mean for Arthur Smith's job security moving forward? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars so if you don't know me i'm your very humble host aaron freeman and of course i am joined by jarvis davis of locked on sports atlanta to wrap up this week we're going to talk keys to victory we're going to talk about arthur smith on the hot seat what this team should or could look like with taylor heineke at the helm all that is in store for you on today's episode but First, I want to say I appreciate each and every one of you that is an everydayer that makes this illustrious podcast your first listen or first watch each and every day. And if you want to become an everydayer, all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So Jarvis, my friend, uh, let's talk about at least to me, the biggest sort of topic that's been going around over the past week, which is about Arthur Smith's job security, right? We heard mm-hmm. some comments from Falcons owner Arthur Blank to Georgia Public Broadcasting this week uh, talking about that subject. And, you know, I thought Blank's words were pretty non-committal, non-committal one way or the other, right? I, I feel like he knows from past experiences that it, no good comes out from saying things about a coach's job status being on the hot seat whether you go back to 2003 with Dan Reeves where he basically quit on the team with three games left because Blake told him like yeah we're not bringing you back next year and he was like well then what am I doing here right now and then you go back to 2014 with Mike Smith and kind of needing to win a week 17 game in uh, against the Panthers to make the playoffs that year but kind of news breaking uh, the day of the morning of the game or the day before I can't remember the exact timeline where Arthur Blank had already hired a searching firm for the next coach. And of course the Falcons got obliterated in that game and, and wound up uh, not making the playoffs and, and Mike Smith was fired the next day. And so that's kind of my perspective on it. Like I, I don't think Arthur Blank said anything one way or the other that would, could be misinterpreted that could affect the product on the field. He just basically said, yeah, he's, he's our guy right now. We'll see at the end of the season, decisions will be made whatever right but that's my perspective right i'm curious jarvis to hear kind of your perspective on it with all that in mind you know what is what do you feel like arthur smith's job status is right now today is he safe is he on a scorching hot seat uh you know is it all kind of dependent on what happens over the next three weeks uh where where are you at with this i i've worn believe that i don't believe like he's on the scorching hot seat now I, i never try to operate in extremes for me, like, let me just say that because there are some things that I feel like, and I, I even came to this realization the other day. I was sitting to, thinking to myself, I was just like, "All right, I've been kind of calling out some things as far as that I've seen from my football eye, 
you know, and I'm just that I've been recognizing. I was just like, man, I don't know if I like how he's using Kyle Pitts in this offense, or man, I don't know if you should be, you know, throwing the ball this much in this in these um, particular conditions, or oh, I don't know if this game plan is just is a little bit too safe, you know, given the weather conditions and all that stuff. So I, I and I came to the realization, I was like, well, you know, for for the first couple of years, I kind of defended Arthur Smith from a play call standpoint. I always thought that he always kind of catered his play calling capabilities to whatever, whatever what was uh he catered it to whatever was on the talent that was on the roster. And I was like, okay, coach got to do what he got to do. Got it. But this year, it, it seems like it's been a little different for me. And I'm sorry, I'm now I'm starting to feel like, okay, this guy's this job, this guy should not necessarily be coaching for his job, but he should be evaluated and look at and look at the whole sum of it, the whole sum of his parts, right? Like he should be looked at in that in in totality, and not necessarily be coaching for his job for three games. Because you know what, I, I feel like when I feel like that's what Arthur Blank was saying. Because you know it's kind of hard to translate him nowadays. It feels like that whole Dan Quinn situation. Because you know they went on, they won a few games, you know, towards the end of of his regime, or and then. He let, decided to let him come back, and then they start the season 0-5, and, and then then he gets fired mid-season. Like, well, why'd you bring him back if you're going to fire him, you know, five games in? You know, so that, that tells me that you you at least were thinking about it, and your gut told you that, you know, more than likely this dude is not go, shouldn't come back. But I feel like this is what the, type, the same type of situation because at the end of the day, Dan Quinn earned some clout. He went to he took that team to a Super Bowl in his second year, you know, uh, uh, at the helm, and I feel like Arthur Blaine was right in giving him that benefit of the doubt for the most part, right? But now, like you in your third season, these dudes told you out of their mouths like this was part of the plan. The third year we're going to be able to compete once we get the salary cap situation. You know, that's a whole another conversation. I don't really agree with that, but you know, teams turn around all the time in the NFL, but they're not. They're quote unquote compete is competing, keeping the uh keeping games within one score, even though you look terrible doing it, <laughs> or losing to a one and twelve team. Is that competitive? Was that a competitive game, football game? So putting it all on three games, I really feel like Arthur Blank is is walking down a road that he doesn't want to travel down because at the end of the day, man, you gotta make the right decision and not kind of look at this thing from a three-game standpoint and say, oh, he won two out of three. Oh, I'm going to keep it around. No. Like, look at the whole entire season. Look at how this season turned out. This is a season where they want to be, quote, unquote, hard evaluated. Like, hey, we're trying to go to the playoffs. We're trying to win a division. But that just hasn't, hasn't been the case. Yeah, yeah. I was looking up the numbers the other day, and I don't remember exactly what they were. But I think at one point this season, the Falcons were like four and one in one score ball games. And I feel like now they're like yep. four and five. So it's like, they've lost like four straight of those sort of one score ball games. And mm-hmm. that's not a, that's not a good sign. I think for the team sort of trending in the right direction. Cause that was, for me was a big reason why I was bought in to Arthur Smith in, in this regime and their vision after last year, because I felt like the team got better over the course of the season. And so 
going into this year, I thought the team was going to get better over the course of the season. And, and it did seem like coming out of the bye week, like it, it seemed like they were on that sort of trajectory. And then again, I personally blame the, the turf at MetLife uh, for sort of uh, the turf monster getting them a little bit by getting them a little bit mm-hmm. off track by basically wrecking their uh, O-line and D-line with injuries and whatnot. But, Gosh, um, you know, you got to be able to overcome uh, even turf monsters in, in today's NFL. So uh, that is I think where why you know it, it feels like you know maybe to some people that you know we spent a or at least I spent a good chunk of the season defending Arthur Smith and now it's just kind of like okay well that's over now we'll, we'll see what happens so um I don't I you know I don't know quite what Arthur Smith's job status is like to me it's kind of a toss-up I, I think there's a lot of folks that think it's like there's no chance he's coming back next year and I think those people are wrong whether it's and it, there's probably people that think he's definitely coming back and I'm like I, I still feel like that it's it's somewhere in the middle I think you know and we'll find out in a couple of weeks and I, I do think how the team finishes the season will play a part in it uh and I think you you make great points Jarvis that it, it shouldn't be just solely about these last three games but it, it may wind up just being about these last three games can I can I say something else that bothers me too like you know, the athletic, I think it was Jeff Schultz wrote the, wrote the report. You know, I like Jeff. You know, Jeff's my guy. Um, he wrote a report talking about how Arthur Blank is at an age where he doesn't want to go through another firing of, of a coach. And I'm sitting up here like, why not? Isn't that the job? Aren't you the owner? <laughs> Don't you make those final decisions? Because here's the thing. If you're getting up to a point where... You want to be connected with folks. And I even uh, remember something else that stood out to me We in that uh, GPP interview. He was talking about how, you know, he has a great family and all that stuff. I was like, to be honest with you, I don't care. Can you coach football? And and, and, and I think that uh, one of my friends of mine who, who hosts a show on 1990 Game, the local radio station here in Atlanta, he said, yeah, Desmond Ritter is such a great guy. I don't care. I don't care. I maybe call me a bad person or whatever, but I don't care how good people are. Like, can you play football? Can you coach football? And are you p- being productive? Are you get? Are you winning football games? And that's what it should boil down to. I understand it. It's, it makes it better when you like the person, or you will invite them to your house, or hey, I will let Desmond Ritter date my daughter, you know, or whatever. And, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Like, first of all, my, my daughters are not old enough to date anyway. But, yeah, but anyway. But I'm just saying, like, I don't care. Like, we shouldn't be talking. I hate when that comes up. I hate when it comes up. We're talking about, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. I don't care. Like, can the dude play football? And I think that this Falcons team has done a little bit too much of that because they passed on so many players because of – questionable backgrounds. Like, ever since Michael Vick, we already know what it is. The Falcons filter. Like, it's been documented. Like, we've looked at it. And they just... And, and I think you shouldn't be operating like that. Like, we're at a point now where you can, you've can you gotten far enough away from that that you should be saying, okay, regardless of how I feel about the person, what has he done? And if you sit there and, and lay it all out about what Arthur Smith has done, or lay it all out about what Desmond Ritter has done. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Like, this is there. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, I hear. You. Well, uh, we'll just leave that conversation aside and um, <laughs> we'll see what's what with this upcoming matchup against the Colts. You know, whether uh, Arthur Smith or um, Taylor Heineke can put their best foot forward uh, this weekend against the Colts. And we'll talk with Jarvis about some of those keys to victory if the Falcons want to sort of get back in the win column on Sunday. But first, guys, you can't root for your beloved Atlanta Falcons on a Sunday on an empty stomach. And that's where DoorDash comes in, right? If the Falcons are winning, you can order something to celebrate. If the Falcons are losing, you can order that pick-me-up. Or I know some folks are got opposite. They, they want the Falcons to lose so they can get that better draft pick. So maybe if the Falcons lose, you can order something to celebrate. And if they win, you can order that pick-me-up, depending on what your status is. DoorDash has all your favorites, restaurants, stores, retail, grocery. It's all on the app, and you can get 50% off up to $18 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget that code, LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D, 23 for 50% off up to $18 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. So, as I said, um, you know, I know some people are, are checked out on the season and want to the team to lose. We get it, you know. Personally, I think, you know, for, for all the people that comment every single day, like, they need to be losing. It's like, all right, we get it. Like, cool, man. Gotcha. Anyway, the rest of us are going to talk about, uh, you know, what reality is, which is the team is going to try to win the game. Whether they actually achieve it is, is certainly the big question. Uh, and so we'll get into that in a second. But before we get there, I, I should plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel where you can get all that insight into not only the NFL, but NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, all the biggest stories around all the leagues, national shows, local experts, all on one 24-7 streaming platform, the first of its kind at Locked On Sports Today. And of course, you get the same thing with a more local fare on the 24-7 streaming channel for Locked On Sports Atlanta. There's a good chance that if you tune in right now, you'll probably see my face or Jarvis's face on your screens as well. So go check that out as well. But Jarvis, let's talk this weekend's action between the Falcons and Colts. What are sort of your keys to victory for the Falcons to beat the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday? I think is to be able to get healthy. Uh, I think starting, starting with the offensive line, like you mentioned earlier, how, you know, David Onyemata and Caleb McGarry still haven't practiced. You know, the good thing, the other side of that is Chris Lindstrom did and Drew Dahlman did on, on, on Wednesday. So that's a good sign. Uh, so um, I, I think, and then if you get some of those, get some of those guys back to be able to, like, it's the same old song, man. You got to be able to run the football. You got to have some balance. And, and, and I'm interested to see how Arthur Smith calls plays. Not from necessarily from a scheme standpoint, but is he going to trust Taylor Heineke? Because I was not impressed at all when Taylor Heineke filled, filled in for uh, Desmond Riddle in those couple of games. So I Because I thought that, hey, the dude was all about getting the ball out of his hands and making sure he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. And I thought that, you know, playing like that in today's NFL, which favors 
you throwing the football, I, I really feel like that can really hamper an offense and then you become predictable. And, and we know that Arthur Smith doesn't like like to be that way, but it seems like he kind of, with Taylor Heineke going into that line up the last time around, it seemed like he was okay in that particular realm. So I, I think that, you know, being able, so hopefully they can be able to run the football and take advantage of it from a play action standpoint, be able to throw the football down the field and, and, and see if they can get Drake London uh, a little bit more involved in the offense early on and not towards the end of the game when the game is almost out of hand and out of whack. So I, I think if they can establish the run, be able to take some shots, take some shots down the field, trust the quarterback that you got on the field uh, by letting them kind of sling it around a little bit because that's the only way you're going to be able to uh, get a win in this game because guess what? Gardner Minshew, he's a guy, he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but the dude is going to make plays. And they have one of the hottest teams in the NFL in the last month and a half or so. So you better get ready because the Colts are coming. Yeah. I feel like Gardner Mitchell in a lot of ways is the player that a lot of people think Taylor Heineke is, in, in, at least the people that are have a more yeah. favorable opinion of, of Heineke uh, in that regard. And it's like, I haven't seen that from Taylor Heineke no. yet this year, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The last couple of games from Taylor Heineke did not inspire a ton of confidence. You know, you, you do you mentioned Drake London, right? We we know he missed the, the Vikings game and then he was kind of an afterthought in that Arizona game because like yeah. it seems like with Taylor Heineke, the two receivers he has the best and strongest rapport with are Kadero Hodge and Scotty Miller, rather than Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And it's like, hey, you know, you're not gonna get me on locked on Falcons complaining about Kadero Hodge and Scotty Miller. I I two 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 guys I enjoy on being on this roster. <laughs> But, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you sure. know, it's part it's part of the brand here. Um, but <laughs> you know, you do feel like maybe the offense would be a little bit better getting the ball into Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London's hands than it is in those two guys' hands. Just maybe, maybe yeah, you know, just a little bit. And I mean, but you like, look at it like this though. Like the reason why I feel like that's that's the case because he practices with those guys. He gets yeah. reps with those guys, so he has that rapport with them. Just like for the most part. You know, Desmond Ritter has a really good rapport with Drake London. He mm-hmm. he gonna find his boy. You know, those guys built a, a, a relationship off the field, and you can kind of see it transferring onto the field. So, but yeah, but like you said though, yeah, like get the ball to those cats because you know because <laughs> the likeliness of you scoring it, it goes up when you're throwing it uh, five and eight. You know, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah, I I felt like there was progress with. Ritter and Pitts over the course of the season. Obviously, it's yeah. kind of stalled the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. Um, you know, we'll Kyle Pitts will be starting fresh with another quarterback next offseason. Yeah, man. This is yeah. this is great, man. The inconsistencies, yeah. man. Like the consistent inconsistence with this offense has been fascinating, right? Because you think about his first his rookie year playing with Matt Ryan, obviously on the downslope of his career, but that was his most productive season as a pro. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that's also a, a time where I felt like Arthur Smith trusted the quarterback to throw the football. 
So he was like, all right, we can't run the ball. All right, cool. We'll just throw it with Matt. You know, who got 40, 50,000 yards in, in his career. So, yeah, we know. I know I can trust him. So, <laughs> and, and then you go to Marcus Mario. Just, hey, we're going to run option and, you know, and quarterback keeps and maybe throw the ball to the tight end every now and then. And sometimes Marcus Mario thought he was 6'9 instead of 6'6 or 7 foot instead of 6'6. Six, six. So, and now you have Ritter, but it potentially going to it. So, yeah, man, it's it's a lot of factors going into these last few games. And now you just, I think now we're just literally just peeling off the Band-Aid and just really looking at everything and saying, like, wow, this might be a reason why he might not be as productive as we thought we were going to be coming into the NFL. Or it's, yeah, a, it's, it's definitely it's, a factor. Yeah, man. It could be. It could be. Just could be. Common sense. So we'll we'll keep the conversation going about this this weekend's action, some other things about this Colts matchup that jump out to Jarvis and myself, and we'll get into that. Maybe that's more talking about Kyle Pitts and what what that's all about. Um, But we'll break that down as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. And guys, I want to tell you about Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And now that basketball season is here, it's even better, right? Because Prize Picks has their specials league. And that's where you can combine projections for different sports, different leagues, right? For example, you can combine NBA and NHL, NBA and NFL, you know, three points made and touchdowns or something like that. Uh, that's all available in the specials league. And, you know, if you have the right skills, then you can find a way to make $10 in the $250 with prize picks. It's simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats. It's just you versus projections. So you don't have to worry about what Jarvis picks, what I pick. It's just you versus the projections. And it's all why prize picks is number one in daily fantasy. And the more projections you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So wrapping up today's Locked On Falcons, of course, got to plug the NFL kickoff live with Jarvis Davis, Tedetra Batiste, and Kyle Krabs every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern across the entire Locked On Podcast Network. If you're subscribed to Locked On Falcons, you will get that at 2 p.m. Eastern live on your feed. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On Falcons or your favorite other Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, to, on Sunday, Jarvis and I will be joining by joined by Tanitra to do a postcast for this Falcons Colts game. And we'll give you the lowdown on this game immediately after the game. Always entertaining with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'll be there live. So, you know, if you ask me, wondering why I got a suit on or something like that, that's the reason why, you know, I got to put my school go. clothes on when I go to the games. So. <laughs> there you go. So that is in store for you on locked on sports, Atlanta uh, immediately after kickoff. Of course, you can get the audio version of that on the locked on Falcons podcast feed on your preferred podcast platform uh, as well. So uh, Jarvis, uh, we talked already a little bit about Taylor Heineke. I, I think your point about getting healthy on the offensive line, I think is key because we know that this offense is a better offense when they are balanced. They haven't been able to be particularly balanced. I think in a lot of ways because their offensive line injuries and just, you know, the, the backups, you give them credit. They have done their best to their abilities, 
We saw last year when you had some injuries, you kind of had a revolving door at that left guard spot. It didn't really matter who was, uh, you know, playing left guard for the Falcons. Their offensive line didn't skip a beat. That has not been the case this year, whether it's because the quality of depth is not as good or you just had more injuries to more players uh, this uh, year, especially as of late. Again, that turf monster, man, you know. One of the things, you know, it's not going to be a, an issue next year when we play the Giants because that's going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But in the mm-hmm. future, if they don't get this this turf situation fixed, when we do the schedule release in May, we got to figure out, like, okay, you're going to MetLife at this point in the season. The next three weeks, you're going to be beat up. So that's going to affect right. how yeah. your season goes um, in, in terms of that. So that's something that they got to they got to figure out. New this York, too. Like, it's like a top market in the uh, <laughs> United States of America. Like, why are we talking about them changing their turf like come on dude and you get some 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 uh, upgraded stuff like yeah. what's wrong with grass like it's, it's an open air stadium like you put some grass down man mm-hmm. stop playing around i'm yeah. being cheap mm-hmm. man, it's gracious yep all right so yeah anyway. what uh, what other things jump out to you jarvis about this this colts matchup well i think when you think about like what uh, on the defensive side of the football, there are with David Onyemata being out, obviously Grady Jarrett being out. It's like, all right, who's going to be the person to help stop the run? Because you know that that was that was that was the ugly part of the game. Like because for me, I anytime somebody brings up the the defense, quote unquote, losing the game last week, I was like, first of all, they didn't score a touchdown and. Anytime your your office coordinator is your head coach and your head coach is your office coordinator, that should you should never lose a game when your defense doesn't give up any touchdowns. Let me say that first. But I just think that you know with Chuba Hubbard and and those guys, they're getting that getting that running game going. I felt like that was kind of tough to watch. That's kind of tough to watch when teams run the football on this defense because we're used to them being so stout against it, and then. We're used to them still be, being able to somehow hold it down in the red zone, too, with guys like David Onyemata being out. So I'm kind of in a space where I'm going to be looking at the center of that defense. Okay, who's going to be the guy to kind of step up to say, hey, I, I know what happened last week, but we can't let that happen again because you're going to be looking at a, a very bad situation if you're allowing – you're giving the Colts offense a two-way go and being able to run – or and or pass on any down, no regardless of down the distance. That is just a bad place to be in, especially on this defense. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm I'm looking to see more from Zach Harrison. I, I pointed out on this week's extended All hmm. Twenty Two review that I thought yeah. he had he's he's been better as of late. Uh, you know, down the stretch, and I I think it's a sign of his progress. And I'm I'm curious to see if he can continue that trend to close out the season. And wait, um, wait, 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 wait a minute, Aaron. Did you just say a defensive lineman is developing? Yeah, it, it's a, I don't I don't know what to deal with that information either, Jarvis. So it's crazy. Man, oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. You mean he didn't have to come in and and and, and, and just be amazingly talented and, and then just play off talent and just get 12 sacks like that. Like he's coming here and he's developed. 
as the year has gone on. Wow, man. Yeah, so here and here's why I'm being like that. I don't know if you guys can tell or not. I'm being very uh, petty right now mm-hmm. because I I've been pounding the table for this dude ever since he since he the season has started. Because to be honest with you, I wasn't real big on Ryan Nielsen when they first hired him. I was like, all right, okay, defensive line coach, never called plays before. I love Dean Pease and what he brought to the table. I just love, he just reminds me of a coach that I played for. So um, I kind of was drawn to that. But man, the job Ryan Nielsen has been doing, given the circumstances, losing your best defensive tackle and your second best defensive tackle has been out these past couple games, he's still been figuring it out. Imagine that concept. Regardless of injury, regardless of the circumstances, you're still figuring out how to get it done. Ryan Nielsen has been doing that. There you go. Well, we'll end it right there. Positive <laughs> note. Not a whole lot of positives to talk about with the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to take my W's whenever I can yes. get them, Jarvis. So there you go. Ryan Nielsen doing a great Grab job. There you go. So, you know, I don't know how, how much more positive things we'll be saying about the Falcons over the next three weeks. But, you know, there there's one thing that you can hang your hat on with yes. Ryan Nielsen. Um I'll, no, no, I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to go there. We're just going to leave it there. Please, no, we've got a couple minutes. Go ahead and say it because I, I think you're thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sitting here going like, hey, Ryan Nielsen's doing a great job. Guess what? One of the downsides of Arthur Smith getting fired is you lose out on Ryan Nielsen. So. I know. I know. I know. That would be so sad. I would be so sad because, man, when the last time we seen some, some defensive players get drafted and come in and, and be developed in year one? We haven't seen that. Even when Dan Quinn was the head coach, we haven't seen that. So it's just like, man, that would be so sad. And, you know, man, it'd be kind of similar to another situation. Um, but Mr. Mr. Shanahan walked out of that door. Okay. And, you know? Okay. All right. All right, Jarvis. You, you, yeah, you, I'm sorry. My bad. You, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Now everybody's now everybody's gonna go cry in the car now because of you, Jarvis. Because of you, 